Good morning. Man, thanks for worshiping with us this morning. And for those of you online, we're glad that you're partaking and joining in with us in the worship. What a great place to be. Well, here we are a week into the new year. It's January 8th. And if you're like first service, I'm assuming that uh, the New Year's goals and resolutions, they're going strong only one week in. There's no way you've given up this early, right? You're, you're a committed people. It's only a week in. Well, if you go back and you look, and, and this past week I was looking at uh, some of the goals, some of the resolutions, some of the popular ones, and you know what? They're the same thing every year, aren't they? You look at the sites and they even say that. They say, oh, the top five are the same top five again this year. It's things like getting healthy, working out, losing weight, saving money, spending more time with family. It's a lot of these same goals year after year. You know, I think part of the reason why we set the New Year's goals or we set goals in general is because we're people that we like to grow, don't we? We like to develop. We want something more for our life. And so we, get, we set goals hoping that we grow and we mature and that uh, some of our characteristics and qualities, they become more in this new year. Well, a lot of times for us, especially in our culture, with it being a me, me, me culture, we set goals a little bit like this. We see where we're at today and, and I see kind of some areas that not, I need improvement and the vision I have for my life is over here and I see it as the perfect me. And so I look at that version of me and I say, that's where I am. This is the version I'd like to be. So let me set some goals so I can get from there to here. Was believers, you know that there's a better vision than the perfect me, right? What you and I should be trying to shoot for and achieve is the perfection of Jesus, looking and growing into his image. We might be over here today, but what we're trying to become is more like him. You know, we set these goals because we truly, we want more in this new year. We want more in our life. You don't have to set the goals just at the new year, but we want to have an impact. We want to grow. I've never ran into anyone that started the year and said, I hope this year I have less of an impact than I did last year. That's not the case, is it? No, we want to have more of an impact. We want to grow. We want to develop. We want to mature so that this year and our life in general is more meaningful, more effective, more productive. You know, God has something to say about this kind of life. And he tells it to us through Peter. And I don't know about you, but when Peter says something, I'm interested in listening Peter being one of Jesus' disciples and being in the inner circle, he got to witness and experience Jesus firsthand. So when he speaks, it's firsthand knowledge. Look what, look what God tells us through Peter here this morning about that kind of life. For if you possess these qualities in increasing measure, they will keep you from being ineffective and unproductive in your knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. I hope that perks your attention this morning. I hope it gets you a little excited going, you know what? I want a productive life. I want an effective life. I want to bear fruit in my life. What are these characteristics? What are these qualities that Peter is talking about? How do I get them and how do they grow in my life? I want that kind of life. I hope it perks your ears. I hope it draws your attention this morning because we're going to look at that. We're going to see what God is telling us through his word. 
in regards to these qualities and these characteristics that produce that kind of life, the kind of life that God desires for you and me. Would you stand with me out of respect for God's word this morning? As we read from 2 Peter, this morning we're going to begin with verse 5 through 9. For this very reason, make every effort to add to your faith goodness, and to goodness knowledge, and to knowledge self-control, and to self-control perseverance, and to perseverance godliness, and godliness mutual affection, and to mutual affection love. For if you possess these qualities in increasing measure, they will keep you from being ineffective and unproductive in your knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. But whoever does not have them is nearsighted and blind, forgetting that they have been cleansed from their past sins. This is God's word for God's people. Let's pray. Father, we thank you that you come to us here today and you desire growth. You desire maturity in our lives. We are thankful that that maturity and that growth comes from you and you alone. Help open our hearts and minds to what you have for us this morning. And it's in the name of Jesus that we pray. Amen. You may be seated. All right, so we just read from verses 5 through 9. And really, this is kind of our part of the equation, our part of the process. And so I want to back up and we're going to look at verse 1 through 4 first. Because it really points to God's power and God's promises, which are the true foundation of all of this. And so here this morning, as we go through 2 Peter, we're going to go from verse 1 through 11, and we're just going to go verse by verse this morning. And we're going to get to experience get its richness in his word as we go one verse at a time. Beginning in verse 1 here, we see Simon Peter, a servant and apostle of Jesus Christ, to those who through the righteousness of our God and Savior, Jesus Christ, have received a faith as precious as ours. Again, Simon Peter, he introduces himself and gives instant credibility to this passage. Instant credibility because we know that he was with Jesus and he identifies himself here. And he's speaking to those that have the faith in Jesus Christ. That's why he says the faith is precious as ours. You and me, we share in that same faith as Peter and in the early disciples when it is that faith that is founded in Jesus Christ and Jesus Christ alone. Grace and peace be yours in abundance through the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. Peter is telling us that grace and peace, two of the things that you and I desire most in our life, it comes from God. It comes from Jesus, and that's the only place that it comes from. And it comes through this knowledge. And we're going to talk about knowledge more here in this next verse because it's, it's key to the passage. Peter talks about it over and over again. But we will come back to the idea of this abundance of grace and peace in your life and mine through the knowledge of Jesus. We get into verse 3 and we start diving much deeper Much deeper because we see that his divine power has given us everything we need for a godly life through our knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and goodness. We start off there and we see that it is by his divine power that we've been given everything. It is by his power, by God's power, not man's power. It's not my power to provide everything I need in in life, not for a godly life. It is by his power and his power alone. Unfortunately, sometimes you and me, though, what do we do? 
We add another adjective in there, or adverb. I, I'm not very good at English, so someone's going to have to help me out in that. But we add, we add the word almost in front of everything. And, and we think that, man, God provides so much to us, but it's not quite everything. And we know that by the way we live because we try to do some things on our own. And we keep adding things to it, going, okay, God's going to give me some. And, if, and if, if I add to it, then I'll have everything. That's not what Peter's telling us. He's telling us that God provides everything we need. It's without exception. Without exception, God provides everything you and I need for a godly life. Where do we get that? Where does it come from? It comes through the knowledge. It comes through the knowledge of him. So let's look at this word knowledge because it's really important to us as believers because in the church as a whole and in our culture, in our society, we really look at that word knowledge a lot of times and we think about knowledge being something that's intellectual, something that's academic, but that's not biblical knowledge. When Peter uses the word knowledge, what he's talking about is something much deeper, much greater. It's a relationship knowledge. It's an interactive knowledge. It's living life with Jesus. That's the knowledge that Peter's talking about here. Here's an example for you. Pastor Phil had a book this last year that came out. It was a great book. You should read it. It's all about his life. If you were to read that book like some of you did, you get done and you know about Pastor Phil. You know of Pastor Phil. But you don't truly know Pastor Phil until you've spent time with Pastor Phil. That's when that knowledge of him and about him comes together. And now you really know because you're in relationship. That's the kind of biblical knowledge we're talking about. It is much deeper than just knowing about or of Jesus. Think about this for a second. It has to be more than head knowledge. Think about Satan and his demons. We know that they know Jesus. They know God, but they don't know, know Jesus. Think about some of the people in your life, the people that maybe you work with or neighbors. They may not believe in God. They may be part of another religion, but guess what? They may know about God. In fact, they may have more intellectual knowledge, head knowledge than even you do as a believer. But that head knowledge does not mean that they truly know Jesus. And that's what it's talking about. Peter is talking about that here, that for us to receive God's power and for everything to come into our life, it, it goes from a head knowledge. We have to know Jesus intimately. We have to be in relationship with Jesus. And when we are, we are given given God's power through the Holy Spirit. And we are in relationship with him and we receive God's divine power. Through these, he has given us his very great and precious promises so that through them you may participate in the divine nature, having escaped the corruption in the world caused by evil desires. We look at that and we think about God's precious promises Think about God's promise that when you put your trust, when you put your faith in Jesus, you are a new creation. You are born again. You are given a new nature. You begin participating in that divine nature, that eternal nature, as we are plucked out of this world and its desires and put in the family of God. 
belonging to God's kingdom as sons and daughters. Those are the promises. That is the great and precious promise. And it's so precious because we do not even understand its worth or its value. It's so much more than we can conceive and even imagine. For this very reason, so we get into our part now. This is back to where we started in the message. For this very reason points back to look at God's power. Look at his promises. Look at how much he loves us and cares for us that he wants to provide you and me with everything we need for that godly life. For that reason, because of God and who he is, for that reason, we should make every effort to add to our faith goodness and to goodness knowledge. Let's talk about this making every effort for a second. It's another one we need to understand a little bit more because it's easy for us to fall into that trap, that kind of that legalistic trap, thinking that we earn our salvation, but we don't. Salvation is a gift to you and me. We don't make every effort or work hard to be saved. We do it because we are saved. When we come into that relationship with Jesus, it changes us. We begin to be shaped and molded and we have different desires and wants. We're different. We want to live a different life. We want to put forth that effort. Effort is basically this. This is what I, I think we need to understand. Effort is putting forth effort into the relationship. That's what God's talking about here this morning. I want you to think about maybe the strongest relationship you have. My guess is it's a relationship that you've really committed to. You've made a time investment. You made an energy investment. You put effort into that relationship and you've seen the results. Effort is part of us wanting to be with Jesus and spend time with him. Spurgeon had a quote and I really liked it. It said that God provides food to every bird. He just doesn't throw it in the nest. It takes effort. He wants to provide, but it does take some effort. Think about it this way. If I were to tell you today, you know what? I really want to know what God's word says. I really, really want to know, and I want to memorize it, and I want to know it, but I just don't have a lot of time for that. So tonight, I'm going to go home, and I'm just going to put my Bible under my pillow, and when I wake up in the morning, I sure hope that I have Second Peter memorized. You do that right there. You'd laugh at me. And you'd tell me, no, Pastor Justin, that's not how that works. There, there has to be some effort. You've got to sit down and make that time. You've got to open up the Bible. You have to read God's word. You have to memorize and meditate on it. There's some effort on your part. But I want to remind you that it's not my effort that changes me. It goes back to God's power. It's his promises. It's God's power that changes me through spending time with him in the word. He speaks to me. He changes me. He begins to turn me into the person that he desires looking more and more like Jesus. So some of that effort for us to, to be in relationship with, with Jesus, it might be reading God's word. It might be memorizing might be meditating on it. might be studying it. It might be spending time in prayer. might be spending time fasting or quiet time, just being alone. 
Maybe it looks a little bit different. Maybe it's, maybe it's getting involved in a life group and being a part of that community. Maybe it's joining men's or women's ministry or attending one of those Sunday school classes that were in the announcements this morning. Maybe it's being a volunteer and getting engaged. And God wants to work through that and begin to shape you and mold you. Maybe it's the effort of making Sunday morning worship a regular part of your life. It looks different for each of us. We're in different places of maturity, but God is telling us that, oh, make the effort to be in relationship with me. Spend time with me. That's what he desires from you and me. And when we spend that time in intentional relationship, because we love God so much, because we love Jesus so much that we can't help but want to spend time with him, he begins to grow us. He begins to shape us. He begins to add to our faith. And that's what we desire. We want to add to our faith. But notice how faith is the foundation of it all. It begins with putting your trust in truly knowing Jesus, establishing that faith. And then as we walk that journey of life and walk with Jesus, we mature, we grow, we add to that foundation of faith. And what do we begin to add to it? These characteristics that, that Peter references that produce that godly life, that productive life, that effective life. Look at these characteristics. Goodness. Goodness is virtue. It's moral goodness. It's, it's right versus wrong. It's the honesty. It's the integrity. It's the purity. We want to add that to our faith and grow in that. Think about knowledge. We've talked about it already, but what I want to tell you is there's nothing wrong with getting head knowledge. There's nothing wrong with intellectual or academic knowledge, but it can't be by itself. You can't rely solely on that. It has to come together with that relational knowledge. There has to be an intimate and personal relationship where all of that knowledge comes together. And to knowledge, self-control. Self-control, being able to say no to the desires of this world, the, the cravings, the temptations, but not only saying no to them, but saying yes to God's way, to his will and what he wants for your life. Add to that perseverance, the idea of steadfastness, it's patience, and it's enduring in difficult and trying times, knowing and believing and waiting on God and his promises and to perseverance, godliness. Godliness is, is the idea of, of reverence for God, being in awe of God, being humble before God, being reverent. All of these things come from being in the presence of God and being in the presence and relationship with Jesus. And they relate to one another. You don't get one without the other. So don't think you can isolate and go, I'm just going to, oh God, just help me in here. Yes, he wants to grow you in that area. But as you spend time with Jesus through the power of the Holy Spirit, you begin to grow and mature in all of these areas. And you start to grow into that godly life, that one that's productive and effective and fruit-filled. And to godliness, mutual affection, and to mutual affection, love. So let's talk about these together a little bit. That mutual affection, re remember in, in Greek, there's multiple words for love. In the English dictionary, we've only got the one, and so we use it for everything. But this mutual affection is this idea of brotherly love, 
okay? It's the love that we have for those that are like us, that love us, and we love them back, and, and we're, we, we enjoy their company. It's this friendship kind of love. But the last love here, this is that hard love. This is that agape love. This is the love that Jesus has shown you and me. It's that sacrificial love that caused Jesus to go to the cross for you and me. Now that's an ultimate love. And that's the ultimate love that we are going for. It's the love that doesn't worry about the differences we have with other people. No, this kind of love loves in spite of those differences because it's the greatest love of all. And that's the type of love we want to have. That's the kind of love that we want to reflect to the world. It is God's love. Remember, God is love. And remember what Jesus said? He said, the world will know you are my disciples. By what? By the way you love one another. We are called to love one another. And that greatest love is a sacrificial type love for our brothers and sisters. We get to verse 8. We get back to kind of where we started in this. And as we're growing in these characteristics and we're growing in these qualities, we see that if you possess these qualities in increasing measure, they will keep you from being ineffective and unproductive in your knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. We possess these qualities when we choose to follow Jesus. When we choose to be in relationship with him, we begin to possess these qualities because these qualities and characteristics are of God and the Holy Spirit is in our life. So we begin to possess these qualities. But Peter says they should be increasing in our life. So we shouldn't be content or satisfied when we look back and go, oh yes, I was patient last month. I'm doing it. No, they should be growing every day in our life more and more and more. And it comes from, again, spending that time with Jesus. Spiritual maturity doesn't come with age. Spiritual maturity comes about and can be measured by the extent to which we're possessing these characteristics and qualities in our life. That's spiritual maturity. And that's the growth that's the growth through the knowledge of Jesus that you and I, we desire and God desires for each and every one of you. Don't you want to live a productive life and an impactful life and an effective life? Yeah, we all do. And God's telling us this morning, he's giving us, he's given us the, the process and the relationship for that, saying you have to trust me and know me. Look at this, God's power and promises. When you add to that our investment into the relationship, that's the effort that we are talking about. Putting in the time and the energy to be in relationship with Jesus, the outcome is a godly life, a productive life, that fruit-filled life that we're talking about. You and me, we want that result, don't we? But I gotta tell you that if that's not the result you're seeing, then like any recipe or math problem, you have to go back and look to see what's going into it for me to get that outcome. I want you to know God's power and promises, they're not changing. They're not changing. God is not going to change his end of it. His power, his promises are always there. So if we're not getting the outcome we would hope, 
If we're not growing in maturity and experiencing that patience and that godliness and perseverance and all those things, the only thing we can look to is the investment we're making into the relationship. The time, the effort that we're putting in just to being in relationship with Jesus. And remember, it's not us that does the changing. It is him. He changes us, but our part is to spend time with him so that he knows that we are willing and we desire and we open up the door for him to do a work in our life. Peter gives us a warning after this. He talks about the life that you and I want to live and that God wants for us, but then he gives us a warning. And he says, but whoever does not have them is nearsighted and blind, forgetting that they have been cleansed from their past sins. We don't want to be that type of person, do we? We don't want to live a life in a way that we're forgetting what Jesus did for you and me. That's not the life that you and I want. We do not want to forget that and fall into that place. We should be spending time with him and growing. Therefore, my brothers and sisters, make every effort to confirm your calling and election. For if you do these things, you will never stumble. There's some words in there that probably jump out to you. And so I want to elaborate and explain them a little bit. One of them is calling. And when we look at that word calling, really that word calling, if you look at it in Greek, it's it's the same word they would have used for extending an invitation to a banquet. You see, God extends an invitation to each and every one of us to sit at the table. God extends that invitation to you and I to be a part of his family through faith in Jesus Christ. And he extends that calling to each and every one of us. And when we receive that calling and choose to put our faith in Jesus, we become part of God's family, part of his chosen people, the elect. And when we look at that, that says, for if you do these things, you will never stumble. For if you do these things, if you spend time with God, you will not stumble. When we look at that word stumble, The way it's used again, kind of in Greek and the verb tense in that, it it points to this idea of falling and never getting back up again. Destruction, falling away. And the reason why we know that we won't stumble or end up there if we do these things is because when we are growing and these characteristics and qualities grow in our life, we know that it's through the power of God, through the power of the Holy Spirit. When you give your life to Jesus and the Holy Spirit comes into your life, remember one of the roles of the Holy Spirit is to mark you with the seal of your inheritance, to give us that assurance. And so we're we're promised that eternal life, back to God's promises. And what is the result of that? What is that assurance? Look here. And you will receive a rich welcome into the eternal kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. As we spend time with Jesus, we know, we know that the Holy Spirit is with us because we are growing and we are becoming more and more like him. And that is the mark of a true believer that inherits the kingdom of God. When I think about kind of where we're at right now, just in culture, and it's really easy to look at it and and say, man, as Christians, we've lost our voice. We've lost our impact. We don't have the same influence that maybe we once did. Well, I think about what God's telling us through this passage this morning. He gives us the answer and says, if you want that influence, you want kind of that kind of life, you want that productivity, 
You want to be able to speak into things, then you got to spend time with me. You got to spend time with me because I will give you everything you need for that kind of a life. And when you live that kind of a life, people will be drawn to it and they will want to hear from you. A lot of times we focus on accomplishing things in life. We think that if we just accomplish enough, we'll become the type of person that we desire. It's not what Peter's telling us today. It's not what God is using Peter to tell us today. He's telling us that if you focus on spending time with me, you'll start to become the person God desires you to be. And when you do that, you become that person, then you see the results. Then you start to see how God wants to work in and through your life and you will be blown away at what God is going to do in and through you when you focus on the relationship with Jesus. Watch what the Holy Spirit will do in your life. You will never believe what will happen in your life. If you find yourself today and and you want that, if you want to see in your family the best year you've ever experienced, if you want to see in your business, in this church, in this community, you want to see a difference made and changes take place, what I want to tell you today is focus on spiritual maturity. Focus on growing and becoming more like the person that Jesus wants you to be through spending time with Jesus. It will be the best year of your life. It'll be the best year for your family, for your business, for whatever's going on. And I know you have a lot that you want to do. There's a lot that this church is going to do. But I want you to know it starts with being in relationship with Jesus. It doesn't mean that your best year is going to be without hard times, though. It doesn't mean that you're not going to experience loss or heartache or pain. But it does mean that as we go through those things, Oh, we're going to be able to walk through them in a whole different way, in a whole different place, because we're in relationship with Jesus. We're maturing, we're growing, we're becoming more patient, we're able to endure, we're able to experience life in a fullness that we could never have imagined. We'll experience that grace and peace back to verse two. We will have that in abundance, not just a little bit, but in abundance through that knowledge of Jesus. And that grace, that peace, oh, don't we crave it? Don't we crave it? And we know that it will change you and I, and it will help us to have the best year of our life because we will have grown closer to Jesus. We will have grown more and more and more like him. Over the next few weeks, Pastor Bob's going to lead us through a series. It's the seven letters to the seven churches in Revelation. You're going to see some of these characteristics and qualities in those churches. And I'm not surprised. See, Peter helping found the church and start the church, Peter knew. Peter knew how important maturity in believers was to the church. I mean, here's Peter's last letter that we know of. And what is he focusing on? Spiritual maturity. He knew that as mature Christ-centered believers... When we come together, we create Christ-centered, mature churches. That's the church we want to be, isn't it? We know as the bride of Christ that the groom is coming back. He is coming back, and I think he wants to come back to a mature church. That means you and me. That doesn't mean our programs here at Central or at the church as a whole. 
I think we've got great programs, but it's not the programs that will bear the fruit. The fruit will come through you and me. The programs that we have are are there to hopefully give you an opportunity. It's not the only opportunity, but to give you opportunities to put forth effort and to grow and develop and mature in your walk with Jesus. You know, after service, if, if that's you, if you feel like, man, I've really, I want to get plugged in. I want to get in a life group. I want to get in men's or women's ministry, or I want to volunteer. Watch how that changes you. You can go out in the foyer and we've got leaders out there that'll give you information, help you sign up. They'll get you plugged in. But I want to remind you of something. If you're hearing the message today, and and as we close, I want to close with this thought. If you're feeling a little discouraged this morning, thinking, man, that's not how last year went. Man, I didn't put out the effort that I wish I would have. I don't want you to dwell on the past, and I don't think God wants you to either. I think God's coming to us this morning with good news, and he's telling you and me that, hey, today's the day to start putting out the effort. I'm here. I want to change you. It's, it's my power and my promises, but I want to be in relationship with you, and I want you to want it. You see, God's love is so overwhelming for you and me that that effort is our love back. It's our response to God's love as we love him back and say, I just want to spend time with you, God. And watch how he changes your life. Watch how your life is changed in ways you never could have imagined. God's there. You're his sons and you're his daughters. He loves you. And he wants to spend that time with you, growing you and maturing you to look more and more like Jesus. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for today. We thank you for your words. We thank you that you are never changing, that your power and your promises are always there. We trust you, God. We know that you are exactly who you say you are. Thank you for coming to us and and wanting to grow us and to mature us to look more like Jesus. Help us to do our part coming and in response to your love. Help us to love you back well by just sitting at your feet, spending time in your word or whatever it is that you have for us in our life. Help us to be responsive today. Help us to respond to the call you've placed on our life. We know that when we are in relationship with you, when we truly know you, oh, there is nothing better. There is nothing greater just as we've sung this morning and we've heard from your word. I pray that you will do a mighty work in each and every life in this room. And it's the name of Jesus that we pray. Amen. I want to remind you that you can sign up for different things out in the foyer. But I also want to say this, that faith is the basis for all of this. For for those of you that have made that decision to follow Christ, you can begin to build on it. For those of you that haven't, today's the day to make that decision and to make faith the foundation of your life, that faith in Jesus and begin that walk with him. If you want to do that, you can go out to guest services. We have people that would love to talk to you. You can text the number on the screen, whatever you would like, and we'll follow up with you. But we want you to begin that relationship and that journey with Jesus. Would you stand and receive the blessing? May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord lift up his countenance and give you his peace. Now go and spend time with Jesus this week.